the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you ever wanted something that belonged to someone else so badly that you were willing to commit any overtly evil act to acquire it? Scripture tells us the prophet Nathan had to confront King David about David's coveting another man's wife. Listen in today as Pastor Draper continues the series on the Ten Commandments. He will be speaking from the subject, Thou Shalt Not Covet. I had those college students a couple of Fridays ago, and oh, we had a ball together. And the COVID bride issue came up. And somebody said, oh, that's a shame. And I said, yeah, it sure is a shame. I mean, let me serve notes on you. What did you learn from it? Because Kobe is not the only one doing something that's shameful. <laughs> All of us in here are doing something. If you're lying, that's a shame. You disrespecting your mom and dad. Oh, that's a shame. Amen. You breaking the law. That's a shame. Amen. You're sowing bad thoughts and bad actions. That's a shame. Playing lottery, that's a shame. You can't control your mouth, that's a shame. You're sleeping around with everybody in your, that's a shame. What did you learn from? That's the issue. I told my wife, I was looking at that thing, I was out of town. I told her, I learned something. Take heed lest I fall. And nobody in here is exempt from falling. And what amazes me is made for important are doing the same thing. Unholy desires. It started with the desire. What are the dangers of coveting the possessions of others? Number two, covetousness goes beyond simply admiring someone else's possession. Admiring someone else's possession or thinking I like to have one of those. Have you ever seen something that you say, you know what, I think I'd like to have that. That sure would be nice. That's not coveted. Can you, you ever thought about, man, that sure would be nice. I would like that one. But you know what, it was a passing thought you went on, never thought about it again, right? You ever had that happen? Oh, come on. Have you ever, man, that sure looked nice. Boy, I would sure look nice in one of those. But then you come to your senses and know you can't get one of those. Amen? Come on here and talk to me now. When you look at your budget and how things are going and, and you already in a tight, you say, now, Thank you, Lord, for bringing me to my senses. <laughs> Just because it's for somebody else don't mean it's for you. Just because somebody else can handle it don't mean you can handle it. You ought to thank God for not blessing you with certain things. So covetous goes beyond simply admiring someone else's possession or, man, that's a that's pretty suit. Or, man, that's a pretty, uh, that, that's a pre pretty dress. Or, you know, you can look at, oh, she, she's a beautiful girl. That's what, that's a fact. That's a beautiful girl. But man, you can look, ooh. Then when you go like that, that's going beyond just saying, that's a pretty girl. Are y'all hanging on? I, I'm kind of, y'all with me now. 
coveting includes envying or resenting the fact that others have what you don't. It goes to the point of envying and resenting the fact that others have what you don't. You don't have it and you're mad because they got it and you get mad at them. You even know how they got it. Number one, Satan could have given it. Now God can give it to him, but Satan may have given it. You don't know how they got what they got. You see, do you resent that folk have a little more than you, a little more educated than you, dress a little nicer than you, their ride is a little bit better, their house looks a little bit better, their position is a little bit higher, and you want it, and you do whatever it takes to get it, and you bring yourself down in the process. What are the dangers of coveting the possessions of others? Thirdly, the destructive power of covetousness will destroy your attitude of gratitude for what you do have. The destructive power of covetousness will destroy your attitude of gratitude for what you do have. Do you realize the spirit of covetousness will cause you to be downright ungrateful? You want what you see so badly. Whatever that thing is in your house or whatever you saw on the television or whatever you saw in the mall. Can you, can you go in a mall and just enjoy and window look and watch the people go to Starbucks or something and then go home? You know, sometimes some Christmases, I don't want to go. I go, I love going to North Small Mall. That's a pretty mall to me, you know, and. My wife says sometimes, every once in a while, I don't go to my office, but I, sometimes I want to go, and I don't want to buy nothing. I just like looking at people. Sometimes I just get a seat and just look. Hey, Rep. Draper, this they're speaking to you and everything. Y'all gonna go, I don't go anywhere, but folks don't know me. And I just look, and I walk around and look, and man, see this and see that, and mess around and touch this and touch that and pick up this and pick up that. And put it down. Now it's all right to pick it up, but just put it back down. <laughs> I love when my wife can put it down. <laughs> you see, man, I have friends all over the country, and I have friends all over the city, and I go into some homes that are some doozies, y'all. I can walk in there. I can, I can just say, you know, wow. That's all I can say is wow. But you know what? I can walk out of that house and be just as at peace with myself as I can be and thank God for what I have and have the spirit of contentment. And that's when I know God is in control of my life. God is not in control when you can walk in somebody else. That's why some folks don't like to invite you to their house. Because you ain't going to be the same when you leave. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I mean, you give. Now, you know what? My house has been open to the saints a long time. Everybody, everybody comes to my house. People come, missionaries come to my house. People come out. We have ministry in my house. I don't, but there's some pastors. You know what they tell me? Reverend, I don't invite folk in my house because when they come to my house and they see some of the things that I have, then they stop giving to the church. That's right. That's right. Unless you look raggedy, you blessed. (laughs) 
If God is that much, he ought to be blessing you somewhere. And let me tell you something. Those of you who God has blessed you with, don't be ashamed with what God has given you when you know you haven't cheated for it and you haven't done anything wrong. You thank God, that's their problem. Some of y'all can't stand to be blessed because of what other folk gonna think. You can't govern your life by what other folk think. There's always gonna be some low-minded folk that's gonna be thinking down under. Now, not only do they think down, but they think under. Now, you know that's bad when you go down and then go under. Don't be ashamed of what you got. God gave it to you. If you give it to you, fine. If you don't give it to you, fine. Thank God for what you have. There was a time you didn't have that. There was a time you didn't have all those suits and all them dresses and suits and ties and all that stuff. You can choose what wig you want to wear now. You can choose what color, what add-in, what add Man, you can choose what tie, what kind of shirt. You didn't have all of You just washed and wore years ago. Went out there and didn't even know you were poor. Y'all hanging with me now. Oh, I'm going to be on this message a while. That's why some of y'all can't give to the church. You long and lust after the things of this world that when you come here, you can't give to God and you grumble and mumble because you broke because the world sucked up all of God's funds. Yeah, we're going to be giving tithes and offerings in just a moment. Some you grumble on that and then go out there by all kind of stuff that you 15 years paying for. 18% interest. Talking about I got a bargain. No, you didn't. <laughs> All I'm saying is that the destructive power of covetousness will destroy your attitude of gratitude for what you do have. And let me tell you something. When you stop looking at other folks' stuff and start looking at what God has done for you, amen, how he's blessed you, amen. Let me, you don't think you blessed? How many of you got a car? Raise your hand. You blessed. How many of you got more than one car at that house? Some of your houses looking like parking lots. And then you still over there messing. Folk tell me, some of these stars and folk got 15, 20 cars. I said, but they can't drive but one at a time. How many of y'all got a telephone in your house? How many of you got more than one? How many of you got that and a cell phone? Now, now what you what you around him? What's your problem? What is your problem? The more you want, and you still like, like old pit bull. Shut up and be thankful. Hey. Greetings and welcome to the Maranatha Bible Church broadcast ministry with Pastor Randall Draper. We are excited about you joining us today as Pastor Draper continues the message, Thou Shalt Not Covet. Y'all need to catch yourself. I mean, you, you had a room in your house and you didn't know what it was to sleep by yourself. You slept with folk in your bed, head to toe. Amen. Head to toe. One bathroom. Y'all lined up, you get in there, do your thing, and get out. 
Now you got two, three and a half, four bathrooms, five, four, five bed, three cars, all kinds of, and man, because you just don't have that that she has on. That position that he has, and God is supplying your needs with the job that you have. Many of you, even without a degree, you don't eat this. Oh God Almighty. You don't even deserve what you got. Man, you start thinking like that? All oh, y'all ought to be shouting out here today. All oh, y'all ought to be shouting. It's where your focus is. Think on things above. Get out of this world system. Think high, not low. God is on the throne. Look up. Look up. Look up. You shall not covet. What are the dangers? Of coveting the possessions of others. Not only will the sin of covetousness lead you to an attitude of not being thankful, but the spirit of covetousness leads to death and destruction. I'm gonna give you one illustration and I'm gonna stop here and I'm gonna save the rest for next week because I don't wanna choke you. I got to hang on these messages a while because the medicine has to go deep because sin runs deep. Dessert can't fix you. You need meat. Covetousness leads to what? Death and destruction. In 2 Samuel, just jot it down, 2 Samuel chapter 11. That's some chapter on covetousness. 2 Samuel chapter 11. David covets and lays with Bathsheba in verses 2 through 4. In verses 15 through 21, he premeditates the death of Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba. The tragic consequences of David's sin were, what are the tragic consequences of David's sin? This is just one illustration, and I'm not going to give you any more than just this one, because that's all you can handle and I'm going to conclude this message. What was the consequences of David's messing with another man's wife? Watching her in the nude was wrong in the first place. Took root. When he asked who she was, they said it was another man's wife. And in spite of that, he did and followed the passions of his heart. You say, what, are, what was his consequences? Let me show you his consequences. Number one, he was exposed by God through the prophet Nathan. In 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 9, he was exposed by whom? God through, through the prophet Nathan. 2 Samuel 12, 7 through 9, it says, Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Man, that's tough. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king of Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of Israel and Judah. If that had been too little, I also would have given you much more. 
God is telling David, I'd have given you much more if you had just asked me. Why did you have to go and do something like that? David, I was already on your side when you had me. I am the great I am. I'd have given you much more if you just asked, man. Why have you despised the commandments of the Lord to do this evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. Sin will expose you. He got exposed by God through Nathan. What happened to Kobe in that little room with nobody around was done in secret but was shouted from the housetop, exposed. Some of y'all think God put blinders on when you in your stuff. God sees everything and he misses nothing. And he has supernatural hearing. What's another consequence of David's sin? The sword, the sword never departed from his house. Now that's awesome. The sword never departed from his house. The sword never departed from his house. Second Samuel 12, 10, a says, now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. You know what that was saying? Because of this, David, you're going to have trouble. The balance of your days right in your house. Now, you know what? It's all right to have trouble on the job or trouble in the community or maybe trouble in the country. That's bad enough. But when you got trouble in your house that won't ever go away, that's tough. Have you ever had trouble in your house? Let me see if you had trouble in your house before. Let me see you on us and say, you ever had, you ain't never had trouble. You had some trouble in your life. You, come on here. And let me tell you something. You want that trouble to what? Out. You want it to what? Pass. You want it to get rid of it. But man, it's a bad day when trouble come and won't ever go. Now, that's a bad custom. You talk about a whooping. I say, God, it would have been better for you to just spank my backside and just let me go. Now, the balance of your days, you're going to have trouble in your house. How did he have trouble in his house? I'll tell you how he had trouble in his house. The death of David's baby. That very baby that was conceived. You know what? He did a thing in, in secret. And here she come back. She, huh? Davy, I'm pregnant. Oh, <gasps> And how many have heard those words over and over and over again? I'm pregnant. And then you so shocked. What you expect if you having sex? You wasn't bird hunting. I'm pregnant. Brought up some chilling words. His baby died in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 18 through 19. It talks about David's baby. David cries out and petitions God, and God refused to hear, and God struck the baby. The baby went on to glory. But because, because God was dealing with the sin of David, the sword never left his house, and it started with his own baby, conceived in sin, dying. Another thing, listen, I'm talking about the sword never leaving his house. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, 
verses 7 through 14 is 2 Samuel chapter 13, verses 7 through 14, incest between David's own children. Bought him some more trouble. Incest. Between whom? Amnon and Tamar. Oh, I wish I had the time to tell you every one of those stories, but y'all know what? We be past Sunday school into the next service. So you have to read yourself. I give you the scripture reference, but read it yourself. 2 Samuel chapter 13, 7 through 14. Incest in his own house. And that's bad enough when your child go out and commit sexual immorality another family. But, but when you got brothers and sisters messing around with each other, that's trouble, y'all. That's trouble. That takes sin to another level. Amen. Trouble didn't leave his house because of covetousness. In 2 Samuel chapter 15, Absalom coveted and stole the heart of the people and chased his own daddy from his own throne because of the spirit of what? Covetousness. Here's the, here's the son desiring his father's throne still in the heart of the people and his daddy flees for his own life because his son was out to kill him. That's covetousness gone wild. Gone wild. Let me tell you something. Covetousness will destroy you. It will cook your lunch and you got to deal with that word and the, the issues of a, a covetous spirit in your heart. Repeat that for me. I must not possess a spirit of covetousness. And you shall have no other gods before me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, I wish I could have gone much farther. Because this last commandment is so loaded and is so applicable to where we are as Christians. Churches universally are on the brink of poverty financially because of covetous saints who sit in the pew so self-centered. After they spend on themselves, after they spend on themselves and themselves and themselves, they have nothing left for you. And they end up dry and destitute and empty and unfruitful. God deliver us from this heinous spiritual bondage and set our captive souls free. Help us to be satisfied with you. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's children said, as Jackie comes to sing the invitational. Listen to me. I want all y'all to look at me right now. I want everybody to look at me in the name of Jesus. Now, I told you what, what you ought not covet. But what you ought to covet is a right relationship with God. You hear what I said? You ought to covet a what? A right relationship with God. If you're lost and don't know the Lord, you ought to covet salvation. Lord, save me. Lord, I'm destitute spiritually. I'm impoverished spiritually. Lord, come into my heart. I confess my sins and I ask you to break me and mold me and make me 
God save me where I am. I'm lost, oh God. I'm blind, oh God. I made a mess of my life that I can't clean up. Oh God, I desire to have a clean life. Lord, I'm tired of myself. Lord, come into my heart. That's what you ought to be desiring. And for those of you who are saved and know that you know you've been saved, you ought to desire closer walk with the Lord. You ought to desire to be cleansed of your evil ways and your attitude and your mouth and your disposition and your motives. Lord, clean, clean me up. Refresh me. Put me in your spiritual powder room and cause me to come out smelling like a sweet aroma in the nostrils of Jehovah God. Some of you need to desire to come out of your backslidden ways. Everything about God now is in the past tense. I used to go to church. I used to sing in a choir. I used to do this. I used to do that. But the issue is, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? When are you going to get tired of yourself and let God be God? This message is for everybody in the house. And it is a message that is not going away until God tell me to move on from it. Because the church has become sick with the deadly disease of covetousness and it is driving a wedge between us and our God. And we must not let nothing separate us from the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning into this program for the Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109 directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. Visit our website at www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in tomorrow as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.